This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to a very special live edition of the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, Along with Chris Trevino sitting right over there uh, next to me. It's our normal Peristyle podcast show that we do uh, every week with Ryan and Chris here, the two of us. Uh, but we're doing this one live on our YouTube channel. You go to youtube.com slash inside choice if you want to watch. If you're watching it live, thank you very much for joining us. Or if you're watching it uh, on a, a replay later on, that's great too. And if you're listening to us on our regular Peristyle podcast feed, all of that is great. We do appreciate however you want to consume the content we have here. Uh, we've got a fun show for you today. A lot of stuff to talk about around the USC football program. They had the Salute to Troy event over the weekend. Huge, 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 huge official visit weekend. What, Chris, was there 24 guys on campus? Is that crazy? And like another one right now? I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it was 20, it's been 24 over the last two weekends. I believe it was just over 20 this weekend. Okay. And one on campus right now, like literally right now. So yeah, we're about to go live, and Chris is like, uh, "There's a guy running right now." Like, yeah, we got more, we got more crap to, more crap, more stuff to talk about. These guys on campus and everything. Uh, so a whole bunch of stuff going on there. We're gonna talk about Jordan Addison getting the number three, the official blessing from uh, Mike Bone, and of course Carson Palmer uh, allowing it to come out of retirement for this season. So we'll get to all that. If you have any questions or comments for the show. Uh, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. That is our number. You can send us a text or you can leave us a voicemail. we would be happy to play it for you on the air and uh, listen to what you had to say and talk about whatever you would like to talk about. If you do have the Apple Podcasting app, a little call to action here. Please help us out. Go to the app. Leave us a five-star rating, a uh, positive review. Follow us over there in the Parastyle Podcast. We are like this close to getting to 1,000 reviews so we'd love to get over the top and get to that so anything you can do to help us out there uh would be great and you know tell a friend it's a great way to do this if you're watching on youtube smash that like button subscribe we appreciate all that stuff subscribe wherever you're listening to us and make sure you go over to uscfootball.com uh you can get access to all the vip content for a dollar for the first month it's a it's a really great deal there's one you don't, you don't want to miss and uh, if you're watching us live if you put some comments in the YouTube chat, I should be able to pull them up on the screen. Let me see if we got anything coming up there. Here, let's see if this works. Uh, yeah, we got USC Trojan fan 1000. Fight on USC Trojan. So pretty sense. So we'll be able to put up your thousand. comments and everything. 1,000, that's a lot. Uh, he's the 1,000th Trojan fan. Uh, Trojan fans are pretty excited right now, Chris. But I just want to check in on you. How are you doing, man? Everything going okay? 
going well. Halfway, not halfway, but where we got through the big weekend, trying to close it out for June. Uh, not a lot of sleep, but some sleep, but just a lot of calling and DMing and Twittering and yeah. posting on the board. So it's been a very hectic June, but we're getting there. We're almost at the end. Just got to close it out. But outside of work, I'm doing fine. It's funny. I was, uh, before I came here, I dropped my car off um, uh, to get a car wash. Walked over and the guy in front of me, there's only two of us in there. And this guy, Matt, and his son were in there. And he's like, I know you. I'm like, wow. It's one of those things like, oh, hi. Uh, shout out to Matt. But he, he listened to the show. Uh, he actually works over at USC, not in athletics. But um, he's like, yeah, I listened to the show. So we talked for a while. Um, so it's cool. I love doing stuff like that and kind of running into random. I'm like, I'm literally, he's like, I'm literally walking over to talk to Chris right now. We're going to do the show. So he's like, who? <laughs> He knows you. I heard at the elite camp, somebody thought the intern Jarrett was me. Oh, do you remember that? He there. said he was right near you. Do you? Did you? I don't remember that okay. specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, someone came up to him. And was like Chris. And he was like, No, no, Jarrett. Like, oh, and he walked yeah. away in, in like disappointment. So, I don't know who you are. Obviously, you didn't get a name, but I'm sorry that you got swindled. I guess. <laughs> I, I'll be at the next elite camp if you're there. But sorry, yeah. Sorry, I left you hanging. I sent my doppelganger instead. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, Latino Latino guys that are working on the site. With so, glasses. Yeah. So I guess people get you guys confused. I don't know. Um, just want to thank our, before we jump into everything, thank our sponsor, uh, Trader Joe's. It's like so nice outside right now. I just recommend just go over to Trader Joe's. You go through the wine aisle. I like a nice Pinot Noir. They got a lot of great ones. To choose from there if you want to go check that out. And then go to the cheese. They're great crackers too. Get some crackers. You can pick up the ones that have like little sliced cheese and, and meats and stuff already. Or just pick out a couple cheeses that you like. I'm a, I'm a brie guy. I like the soft uh, cheese. Um, so I like checking all that stuff out. But go over there and, uh, you know, make a nice little picnic. Go outside. Enjoy the day. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, if you're near the beach, yeah, put a blanket down. Go check it out. Highly recommend that. Trader Joe's has some really cool stuff if you want to go make a little picnic for yourself. If you have a special someone in your life, you want to bring them a, a little bouquet of flowers. Chris, you go to Trader Joe's. Like, you can get like nice flowers for like six bucks. Like, just doing that, like just randomly, just do that, Chris. Randomly pick up six dollar flowers, give it to your girlfriend. She will like. She'll love it. So that's that your advice right now. I, that's my advice. All right. Uh, I think you're doing well. Uh, you know, you've outkicked your coverage with your girlfriend, like most of us wow. have done over the years, right? Yeah, you're right. Is that fair? You're right. All right. Uh, no, no lies were said. She could upgrade easily, but she doesn't. She sticks with you. But you're giving a little the flowers. Six, the six dollar flowers will make her <laughs> make her rethink just for at least a couple months. I just got to keep feeding the six dollar flowers. Just keep feeding. And they have like they have more ones too, but just like if you just want something really simple, and she like boom, pick it up. Uh, no excuse not to do something like that. Just do something nice for somebody in your life. Because it's, it's a, you know, it's great. People are excited. USC fans are excited because the Lincoln Riley stuff is going on. The team seems better. Salute to Troy was a big hit if you got to go to that over the week. It's not a media event, so we didn't go uh, cover that one. But it seemed like everyone that I talked to had a lot of fun out there. But have you gone before? You seem like someone who, like, obviously knows people. So, like, you could yeah. just, like, randomly... Be at a a salute. 
Yes, I've definitely been invited by different boosters and alumni and stuff. Um, I didn't go the Sark year that when things you weren't in the you weren't at the infamous one. We were like I think in Heritage Hall. I might have left, and Dan Weber was in Heritage Hall, and I kind of heard like the stuff that was going on. But I've gone to other ones, and it's cool. But it's not like a media event, so I don't try to like. I'm not covering it. I'm not like interviewing people, just kind of like saying hi. I was invited to this one too, but I was coming back from Catalina and I, you know, it's like the first thing on the Riley one, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll stay away. I don't want to like ruffle any feathers if they didn't really want any media people there. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're cool events and it, it looked fairly similar as far as the food. They have like great barbecue and everything that was going on there. Um, you know, it's not, not as many people because you didn't have, usually it's the end of fall camp and now they do it, you know, a little so, bit earlier. Yeah, like during like the recruiting period, like in June. So at the end of fall camp, like the, the whole marching band is there because they're going through their camp and all the song girls and everything. So it was a lighter uh, group of band members and, and, you know, people like that. But did I see fireworks? They had fireworks at the end. That was a new, new that wrinkle. That was new? Yeah, that was okay. a new wrinkle. Okay. That I, like, well, I don't remember what I had for breakfast, but I don't think they've had fireworks in the past. Um, but it was cool. And uh, we'll get to some newsy stuff with that. Oh, why don't we just go into that, I guess, right now. Uh, and we'll get into some of the recruiting stuff in a little bit. So they did, you know, there was a roster, a post-spring, uh, middle, you know, post-transfer, you know, transfer guys are transferring Up, An updated in. roster. Updated roster for the folks that went out there because they got to sit with the players and, and see everyone's numbers, but they don't have names on the back of the jersey. So, hey, who are these news guys? And so we have... Um, let me put these numbers up here. Chris uh, tabulated these, and I think there was one missing. Uh, Great use of the word tabulated. There w- was one missing on the uh, Twitter Jacoby one, Co- the Twitter one, but I did update it. Okay, I think well, on the board. This is the Twitter one. So Jacoby Covington, the cornerback uh, from Washington, is going to wear number fourteen. Uh, but I got these up on the screen for everybody. And uh, we'll we'll get a, we'll get some more details on Jordan Addison wearing number three in a minute, but you got uh, Zion Branch, Zion Branch number eight, pretty cool. Rocking the eight, rocking the eight. Iman Marshall used to rock the eight. Another big defensive back, uh, Raylick Brown will also wear number fourteen. So two new players will wear fourteen. Which uh, people were like, that's a weird number for a running back. But as Shotgun pointed out. Most likely, it's because of one plus five. One plus four equals five. Reggie Bush, you know, it's ah. sort of like a, it's sort of like a cheating number five. Obviously, that that is a unofficially retired number. So, you know, just maybe a little, uh, a little tricky ode to yeah, number five. I like that. And um, oh, by the way, like they, they talked about bringing Reggie Bush's Heisman back and everything. So at the Salute Detroit, so that I think that fired some people up. Uh, so that's another thing that happened there. Um, Jake Jensen, the uh, quarterback transfer, wearing number seventeen. Should so, go transfer, yeah. That's a good. That's a good QB number. Yeah, uh, I think that's good. Uh, Eric Gentry, the uh, stud linebacker from Arizona State, uh, tall, lean guy, wearing number eighteen. That'll make him look even taller. Maybe I think you know, six foot six and an eighteen. Yeah, it's gonna look like a. A power forward. I like it. Uh, another uh, Bishop Gorman product, Fabian Ross, uh, the DB cornerback, going to wear number 26. I think when I was in Hawaii, he might have wore that number. It was something like that. I don't. I didn't need to look. Um, 26 for Fabian Ross. 
Yeah. Interesting cornerback number. Doesn't feel like a cornerback number. True. Uh, what do you think about Bryson Shaw, the Ohio State? Safety wearing number 27. He's That's, from Maryland, so he, he can get whatever number he wants. Uh, now, you got to remember who was wearing 27 and played safety last year. Caleb Bullock. Freshman All-American. A pretty good player. Yeah. But, but he switched. He's, he? he swapped to number seven. Okay. So he... Uh, he traded up. He dropped the two. Dropped the two, went to seven. So, you know, freshman All-American, he can have his pick of a, a new number if he wants. And Bryson Shaw ready to step on in and take the 27. I like that. Linebacker Carson Tabarucci. Tabarucci. But it's Tabarucci. Uh, we're at number 34. Another interesting... That's, that looks more like a offensive number, like a big fullback kind of number. And Carson does have a offensive potential. He he could be a halfback, kind of a running back kind of deal. He put, kind of played that in high school. So that's an interesting number uh, for him because it looks like both. It looks like right. both a, a linebacker and possibly like even like a fullbacky kind of halfback kind of dude. So yeah. interesting number. Could have a neck roll for that one. Absolutely. Uh, Rush end, uh, Devin Tompkins. Yeah, six foot six out of NorCal, raw prospect, basketball player turned football player in his senior year. Thirty seven, also a really like interesting looking number. Right. Doesn't look like an edge rusher. Doesn't even look like a. I don't know who that, wears thirty seven, like a punter or something. That's like a walk on number. That's like a walk on. Yes. that's like a walk on receiver or like running back number. So yeah. and it must have significance to him. So. He got it. He was yeah. like, I want 37. Do we even have a 37? Rushing off the edge. Yeah. yeah. So, Boom. There you go. Uh, I like it. Uh, Garrison Madden, the linebacker, 41. Okay. 41, that's an okay number. Yeah. He's a speed guy. 41 seems like a fast number. I think, you could, yeah. Less uh, less wind resistance with the 41. Yeah, because the five. Like a 48, there'd be a lot of yeah, wind resistance. Yeah, there's a lot of. I feel like there. both of those numbers are like uh, aerodynamic. You know, like the four looks like a sail. It like makes it even faster, you know. Uh, Solomon Bird, defensive lineman. You really like that joke. <laughs> We're at number 51. I've never sailed, so I was like, all right, now I'll, I'll give it to him. Uh, number 51. Solomon Bird. Bird. I believe he wore that at Wyoming, so it's like just his number. It was available. Yeah. 51. Keep- Who was 51? Someone was 51. Uh, wasn't it uh, Bernard Shermer, 51? I think he was. The ghost of Bernard Shermer. They had some USC had some linebackers back in the day. God, I can't remember like off the top of my head, but I remember fifty one prominently before. Uh one of my dudes, Cooper Lovelace. Uh rocking the seventy one. Yeah, Butler CC. Seventy one's a great offensive lineman number. It's classic. It's probably the most classic number on here, to be honest with you. Yeah. Everything else feels slightly weird, just slightly a little bit different, but seventy one. That's nice. Yeah. Classic. Uh, and Garth White's uh, preferred preferred walk-on. Walk I did add him. as a Juco transfer uh, kicker slash punter, five-star prospect at both. Rocking number 98, mm. which more defensive linemen than anything, but, you I know. love I love kickers, punters wearing, like, weird numbers like that. I mean, I feel like every number for a kicker, punter is, is weird. It's got to be weird. Um, but the notable thing is... Uh, Atticus Bertrams, the Australian freshman punter signee, is on the roster, but he just did not have a number. He was at the very bottom, double dash, does not have a number designation yet. So I don't know what that is. Maybe they're making up a number for him. I don't know. Um, It doesn't 
help the case or the theory conspiracy that Atticus Bertrams doesn't exist because <laughs> we no one has ever seen a photo of Atticus. Yeah. This is like a running joke for the P and myself, which actually might not be a joke. It might be real. I don't know. No one's ever seen Atticus. There's a video of him, but you can't even see his face. So who could it be? It could be anyone. We wouldn't know it. Atticus could run into me at the supermarket and I wouldn't know it was him. I have no idea what he looks like. I have talked to him over uh, direct messages. But again, it's the internet. I could be talking to anyone. So nobody knows what he looks like. The first time I see Atticus is the first time anyone's ever going to see Atticus. And it doesn't help with the conspiracy that he maybe not be real. So, because he doesn't have a number yet. So we'll see. Yeah. So um, we had a, a lot of people posted updates on the Peristyle uh, from what their experience was at uh, at Salute to Troy. So uh, kind of cool. And one of them, I forget, I, I apologize. I don't remember which poster put this, but they said that he's still finishing up school. So he's not there yet. So I guess he hasn't got there to claim his number or anything. Um, so maybe that's it. But, you know, expect to see him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how Australian schooling School works. works. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because like your winter, summer, summer, winter. Like I, I'm i sure it's some similar schedule, but uh, he's still there. So we don't know what his number is going to be. But all the other numbers, we kind of got that covered. Um, why don't we do some... Uh, Something happened? Breaking news. Uh, yeah. So we have... There were a few fight on emojis... You know, over the weekend, right? We we saw Lincoln Riley, even like uh, Zachariah Branch put a fight on emoji out there. But we do have one commitment that came. Uh, if you want to talk about him, Chris, a switch from Cal, a lineman, probably going to play offensive line, I guess, uh, for USC. But any thoughts? You can even give me his name, Amos. <laughs> are you? Are you? Do you not want to say the name? Is that uh, why you were just, you were just Talalele? Like, Talalele, yeah, you yeah. said it, okay. Amos Talalele. Uh, he is a big boy, Ryan. He is six foot five, three thirty. That is an SEC body. You don't really see those kind of uh body types on the West Coast anymore. It's more like two fifty, like Tobias Raymond, USC's last uh offensive line commit or first one in this class. Uh, so they're more developmental. You know, got a tack weight on them. Spent a couple years in the weight room, but for Amos, you know, he comes sort of ready made at six foot five, three thirty. He is listed as a defensive lineman, but and Cal took him as a defensive lineman, but it seems like he really wanted to play offensive line, and that really helped USC. He was a priority for them. You know, when he when he committed to Cal on his official visit, that was, I believe, the first one he took of the month. It was supposed to be Cal, USC, and then Washington. Not sure if he's still going to take that Washington trip. I would not be surprised if it is canceled, but Cal made the, made the official, then made the commitment, so then it was sort of like, Ooh, this is interesting because he is a priority for USC, but USC was still able to get him on campus, which was huge, obviously. They got him around that big offensive line guys that they had in, you know, Francis Mauioga, number one offensive tackle. Lucas Simmons, top 100 offensive tackle out of Florida. Mike, Micah Buenelos, Alani Noah, those guys all hung out together. You know, they were they have that big, that nice picture of all those guys. It's a lot of beef. And Talele is one of the biggest out of that group, probably the heaviest out of that group. And, you know, he's going to be a Trojan, wants to play offensive line. He's a three-star prospect on both our the composite and the 247 uh, rankings, plays up there in NorCal. I'm not really sure what the competition is like out of Santa, Santa Clara High School. 
I'll probably be able to go see him play uh, when we go out for the Stanford trip. Yes. And, you know, look at his tape. He's big. He's nasty. He's physical. Great eyes. Guy loves to hit. And he looks like a monster among little boys. And whatever that league is, he's just uh, knocking dudes around, which is, you know, what you want to see, even though the competition probably isn't the best. You want to see him dominate, and that's what he's doing. So the tape is great. I, I recommend you go check it out. He's playing both ways. You can see sort of his athleticism on both sides of the ball, and it's a really good pickup. You know, I know people might be, you know, complaining because it's a three-star, but these are the guys you need. You need these sort of uh, these big-body development guys, and, you know, he could be a starter down the line, and you're not going to get those those big offensive linemen until a little bit later in the process because if they're a blue-chip offensive lineman, they have offer sheets from the floor to the ceiling. Right. And they're going to take their time with the process. They want to feel it out. Offensive linemen obviously commit earlier than skill guys. Uh, but, you know, they have to see out their process, especially when you have guys like Alabama, Georgia, all these big programs coming. So it's nice to get this, built that foundation. You know, you got Tobias Raymond, nice, nice developmental piece. You got Amos, big bodied, Mahler, probably going to be an interior guy, but he's got some athleticism. And then Graham Bucky, defensive lineman. So everyone was complaining, where's the beef? <laughs> You got three three consecutive uh, linemen committed to this class, so they're building, they're stacking, and then you know you're trying to finish out the class with some some blue chip guys, some four star guys, some top 100 guys, and possibly even a number one offensive tackle like Francis. So, got to build that class, build it from the ground up. So I like the pickup, big nasty guy, going to do a lot of work on that offensive line. Yeah, three beefs in a row. Three um, beefs. LBC Trojans like, all right, Talalele. Was the first one of the emojis. Who are the other three? We, we can't tell you. Is that an official I, question? No, well, I just, I, just I have theories. I have names, but obviously I can't just throw those out there. No. Uh, we did have a war room uh, this just uh, this morning or last night. The Gerard. streets wanted a war room, so Gerard gave them a special Monday night, Tuesday morning war room, so... It's popping in that that thread. Yeah. So. so make sure you check it out over at uscfootball.com. And if you're not a subscriber, do it for a buck. Go read what he did. We usually do war rooms on Friday, so you get a lot of inside nuggets on recruiting and the team and everything. We had to do an extra one. We just did one Friday, and uh, Gerard did another one. Well, when it's the biggest recruiting weekend in USC history, you got to switch do it a, up. Another war room. You kind of listen to the board. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, let me see if there's any. Um, Okay, here I'll put uh, I'll put this one up because you just kind of talked about this, Chris. Uh, Warzone clips. Uh, what are your thoughts on all the three-star offensive linemen, defensive linemen being recruited by the staff? Where are the four- and five-star offensive linemen? So, Chris, you kind of just addressed that. But. Yeah, I mean, I kind of just literally talked about it. But <laughs> I, I know this this sort of, like, idea of, like, oh, three-star offensive linemen, three-star defensive linemen. Those aren't, those aren't good enough. I mean, you can't build a class solely of just five-star offensive linemen as much as you would love to see bang 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 all those guys you know there there's going to be a point where usc you know could the majority of their class is five-star four-star con consensus four-star offensive linemen but they got to build up to that i mean usc doesn't have obviously uh lincoln riley at, at usc doesn't have sort of those that product on the field yet he can't really sell uh, that product right now because we haven't had that first season for him and haven't had to cover that season yet. So he needs to sort of uh, recruit on what he did at Oklahoma 
yeah. and sort of the faith of, you know, rebuilding USC and sort of it's starting in the trenches. So he's going to talk to these guys. They're going to get guys on campus. It's about finding those guys on the West Coast, like an Amos Talele, you know, six foot five, three thirty, go all the way up to NorCal to get him. That's in your backyard. Keep him, keep him in your backyard. Keep him in the uh, the Pac-12. Don't let him go out of states. Things like, things like that. But as I mentioned, some of these guys, these these offensive linemen, defensive linemen. If you look at the NFL draft trends, a lot of the high end guys. The guys that get taken in the first round and that second round were three-star to unranked guys. Because offensive linemen, it's all about projections and development. Yeah, you got to develop those guys. So, so if you see like a, a a lanky sort of six foot five, two fifty guy, you got to be able to look at him, trust your evaluation, and go, okay, this guy could probably grow a couple more inches. Look at his frame. What does it tell me about him? If I'm looking at that frame and it's got a bunch of bad weight and it doesn't look like it can hold much weight, you're probably not going to be going after that guy. But if you look at a six foot five guy and he's 260 and he looks really good at 260 and you look at that frame and it's like, oh, this guy can handle 50 more pounds or 60 more pounds or whatever. You trust your weight room guy. You trust your nutrition program. That's the kind of guy you 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 bring in because in two years, that guy's going to be 310, uh, six foot six looking really nice, and that's when you start developing developing him on the field, you know, doing what he does in practice, getting him some reps in, you know, blog games and developing him to compete for a starting job in, you know, maybe year two or that, that you know, that redshirt sophomore season. That's sort of the the mold when you're looking at offensive linemen and defensive linemen too, defensive linemen as well. And, of course, you want to recruit those blue chip guys. You want guys like Francis Mauioga. Who, who, what are you pointing at? I said, hit the like button. Sorry. Oh, I don't want to disrupt you. You're, you're, you're being a distraction here. I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> but yes, you recruit those Francis Maoyogos, the number one offensive tackle prospects, you know, the Josh Connerlys of the world. Sorry, if you weren't ready to hear Josh Connerly, I'm sorry. If you weren't ready to hear, you got to hear, you got to he- heal at some point. But you go after those blue chip guys, you go after the Lucas Simmons, these consensus four star guys, Marcus Deal out of Florida. You go after those guys, and those are the cherry in your top of your of your class you know you want to get at least two of those guys probably three of those guys and then you can stack with these three-star prospects that you can build up and develop you know offensive linemen need development because the jump from high school to college is rough because you're going against grown men on the other side of the ball you know you might have been like amos bullying these uh these little seventh grader looking guys and push them around but in college you're going against grown men that are just as big as you and have been in college weight room programs longer than you so that's why it's so hard to throw in a freshman offensive line, and that's why it's uncommon to see. But sometimes it happens. You know, look at Andrew Voorhees or whatever, uh, Toa Lobendon, those kind of guys were able to make the jump. But it takes time with offensive linemen. you got to be patient with them, and it's okay. It's going to be okay. You can take these three-star guys and build them up. But USC is in an interesting situation because they do need guys that can sort of play early just because – of the depth issues, yes. and they have a lot of guys graduating. Yes. So you're going to need a big class this year. I would say at least five guys are going to sign, probably maybe six, but you need some of those that top-end talent that you can rush in a little bit quicker in the process just because you do have not a lot of depth, not a lot of talent waiting in the wing. So, But it does help that you do have a transfer portal you can pull from sure. and help bridge that gap. So I'm, sh- I'm sure Lincoln's going to have to hit the transfer portal after this season. Uh, given what they do in this class, but yeah, it's okay. The world's not on fire. No, three star guys 
are fine. Blue chip guys will come. Just takes a little more time. Yeah, and you've, you've faith that they have better coaching, better development, all that stuff. So uh, it's good. Uh, I know you guys are going to do a two-star recruiting podcast, composite recruiting podcast on Wednesday. Go up Wednesday night, Thursday morning, something like that. So if we didn't, they would they would riot. They would riot. So that's probably going to be four hours, I assume. <laughs> this is right? why I wanted to do it today because I didn't want to do, do an hour with you, prep for this, and then get caught up in like a three-hour podcast. I'd right. be shot. So we're we're recording this on Tuesday. We've been normally doing our shows on Wednesday for a while, but then you know the. The, the two-star recruiting podcast has just been – it's been blowing up. Everyone's loving it, which is great. But that's a lot of talking um, or at least a lot of listening for Chris. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like 80% of me just going, mm -hmm. So we'll have a whole bunch of recruiting information from the weekend. But we're going to do a little bit of stuff. Uh, I got We want to talk about Zachariah Branch. And here's a picture of him and his family, his brother, obviously, uh, Zion Branch, um, who hosted him on his official visit. You got Marcus Allen there with him. Uh, I think USC football tweeted out this photo, but I mean, the fact that he tweeted out emoji and I know he's going to take a Texas A&M visit, right. And maybe an Alabama visit, but maybe a Florida as well. He, he's just so tight with his brother. I have a hard time seeing, uh, any him going anywhere else, but it seemed like he was a big part of the recruiting process, Chris, this weekend. Yeah. Branch, you know, I talked to him before he went on the trip when I was in Vegas, went out to Bishop Gorman, had a chat with him, did a, a little, a visit preview with him. And Zachariah Branch is probably the lead recruiter of this class. I know the quarterback usually is, you know, Malachi Nelson. He is a good recruiter as well. But Zachariah Branch takes it to a whole nother level. Like, Zachariah Branch is DMing guys, texting guys, calling guys. He's the guy who's getting guys on the phone and being like, yo, let's make this move USC. So that's why they brought him in this weekend is to be sort of, a player closer. I would consider him a commit recruiter for this class. I was joking with him because I was saying, you know, after this weekend, we probably need to get you in the system as a as a recruiter. And you can get points, kind of like Dante gets points, Dennis Simmons gets points, and see where he falls in the end of this, uh, you know, when we rank the the Pac-12 recruiters and all that. So he, he was like, I'm down for it. I want I want to be, I want to get points for these guys I help bring in. So he talked about how Lincoln Riley, you know, gives him a list of the guys they want to go after. And he's, I'm on it. He's looking at their film, DMing him. So he is like an extra recruiter for this class. And he's really personable. And as a five-star guy, other high-end prospects will listen to him more than, say, like a three-star guy. So he does have that sway and that cachet of being a high-end guy. And I know a lot of people have been freaking out about, you know, oh, he's going to take a visit to Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Got the bags. They're gonna they're gonna do all these things, but I think it's a little just more deeper than that for Zachariah. If his brother wasn't enrolled at USC, right. I think you could be a lot more worried. But you know that bond is so tight, and they want to play together. And his brother is literally a freshman on this team. It's yeah. like it's like that's a pretty big reason. They're super tight. They're, they're super, super tight. tight. And this is actually. Zion's third official visit to USC because he took two with his brother. So he knows <laughs> USC in and out. This offense is going to make him a star in college. And I think he knows that. And, you know, he gets to stay home on the West Coast. His parents, you know, they're in Vegas. 45-minute flight. It just makes a lot of sense to be at USC. He really wants to be a part of this turnaround with the program. And he is a five-star prospect. He is the number one wide receiver in the nation. Ryan, I think you would agree that given all the hard work he's done, and I think he's deserved 
the the ability to enjoy the process 100%. a little bit. And he's gone on visits, right? But it was always with his brother. So he hasn't got to go like on his visits, you know? So it'll probably be weird him on a visit without his brother, <laughs> right. like going to A&M or whatever. But well, I'd be, I mean, if you were a top prospect, wouldn't you be curious? Like, dude, they signed the most ridiculous class ever last year. Um, I want to see what this is about, you know? Like, and, Yeah, that's what he And yeah. it could be like a scouting thing, like, hey, we got to do this. When we, <laughs> you know, like, who knows? Like, I don't know. But I wouldn't worry if you're a USC fan that he's going to like go somewhere else. He's put in the work. He deserves to enjoy the process a little bit, take some trips. And when I talk to younger brothers of recruits, the number one advice that their older brother who's gone through the, the, the process before is, is enjoy the process. You know, take those trips, you know, see what's out there. That's usually the number one thing they say is to enjoy the process, go through the process. So Eat a big just, steak, some lobster, whatever, you know. Like take some flights, get to see other parts of the crab country. Crab cakes. And you should visit Maryland just for the crab cakes, you know. Just for the crab cakes. Maryland should get way more official visitors just for the crab cakes. I don't it sounds a little sarcastic, but yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it with you. I'm gonna take it with the uh grain of salt there. But just he's just enjoying the process. He's just gonna go through the process. He just wants to keep all his options open, which is fair. And he tells schools up front, like, I am hundred percent committed to the process. But if they're still recruiting him hard, it's like, okay, I think I'll you but you've been putting in the work for me. I'll 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 give you a chance. I'll I'll go see your school. I'll I'll take the visit. And who wouldn't want to go, you know, meet Nick Saban, you know? Yeah. I mean, definitely want to do that. Um I talk, I just because I downloaded his photo, do you want to talk about uh Trey Wilson, his official visit, anything? Little any nuggets you want to share? You gonna pay me? <laughs> sure. I just he had a cool picture with the gloves and everything. So I was like, I wanted to put that up there. For they had a bunch see. of cool pictures for the gloves. I would just say just keep your eye on Trey Wilson. Just, you know, a guy who USC really opened his eyes on this visit. Uh, you know, a six foot three, two hundred fifty, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty pound uh defensive lineman. He's a guy you're gonna have to, you know, get in that weight room, build up, but he's a guy that USC offered sort of late uh in this in this process or relatively late to other guys on their board. But USC really made an impression with him, and I would say USC is is high up there for him. And, you know, could he be one of the emojis? Possibly. Maybe. Uh, but I think you're going to have to wait a little bit to throughout this week. And I would say there, uh, Talele is not going to be the only commitment that you see this week. So okay. especially coming off, obviously, this week, kids uh, want to go home. You don't want to make – I think Luke, uh, Cooper said, you know, you don't want to make a decision right on your official visit. You want to uh, – Sleep on it a little bit. Yes. So come back home, sleep on it, and then sort of reevaluate, make your decision. So I think kids are doing that right now. So, but I don't think uh, Talele will be the only pickup this week. Well, I assume when, whenever you guys record Wednesday afternoon, someone watch on Twitter because they'll either be in a new another emoji or a commitment will break because always something happens while you're doing. Now, to be fair. The window you're recording the show does last like five hours or something. So it's a pretty big window for something to happen. Yeah. Um, well, because two weeks ago, I believe it was – maybe it was three weeks ago, but Carson Tabarucci yeah. committed like right as we were ending. Yeah. And then this past week or last episode, was it we got an five? emoji that uh, came in. We had an emoji come in in the middle of the show. And we were kind of arguing about, it, like, what does it mean? <laughs> well, I think we know what it means. And then, like, maybe 20 minutes later, while I was doing a long talk, Grant Bucky commit, okay. commits, the defensive lineman commits. And then 
Gerard was like, this is the longest Chris has ever talked in this podcast. This was meant to be. So I was just talking about my Vegas trip. And he was like, he already had the story ready. He was just like updating it and then published it as I was uh, as I was going on this rant. So it, it worked out scarily perfect in terms of like, he commits right when I'm doing this super long rant. Nice. Which never happens when I have a Gerard on the podcast. Um, well... Hopefully you'll get some you'll see I'll get some good news while you record this next one, maybe a little before, so it'll give you a chance to react to it. But there is an official visitor on USC on the campus uh, right now. Uh, I'll put a picture, Landon Hatchet, little LA with his gloves there. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. Uh, any thoughts on Landon Hatchet? Let the, the fans know who he is. Uh, yeah, three-star offensive lineman, more specifically a three-star center prospect, I believe out of Ferndale, Washington. So he's up on that northwest uh part of the area and he's a guy that usc got on campus for the spring he came took an unofficial visit with his parents and his family i remember when they were there brought the whole hatchet family he was a prospect target for josh henson at texas a&m and at oklahoma so it was like a double double whammy lincoln riley comes to usc henson comes to usc it's like hey but this kid was on our board Let's get him back to USC and get him on our uh, joint Trojan board. So he came for a visit with his family. They offered him that day when he took a visit. And, you know, they were pretty much a lock to get an official. And now he's coming in at the end of the week here. And, you know, he's a center prospect. USC, again, trying to build that offensive line class. They need a lot of bodies. And center is, a, is an area where they can they can afford to take more, to, more so like a specified, a specialized center because the last two guys – excuse me, not Justin Dietrich, but Dietrich was a center prospect. Brett Neal was a center prospect. Andrew Millick was an offensive tackle prospect who is now the third string center. So I think they just kind of want to get a guy who's more specialized as a center, bring him in. He'd be the center of the future. Or maybe they keep Millick there or, or switch him back out to offensive tackle. But it seems like they need a more specialized center prospect, and that's what sort of Hatchet is. I know people talk about a guy like Alani Noah being maybe the center of the future if he if he you know decides to come to USC, but Hatchet is is probably going to be the center if they if they land that commitment. And he was high on both Henson and uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, so there's a good chance you know they uh, they seal this up on this visit, but we're gonna have to wait and see. Maybe they get an emoji during your podcast. You can do one of those, you know, while you got to Something's going to happen during the podcast. I know it. Um, we're, one of the topics we want to talk about, uh, we'll get into more recruiting um, in a minute. Uh, actually, I think there was some breaking news that potentially uh, Innis committed to Ohio State. I don't know if you saw that. Someone that people are putting that in the comments. I'm not sure. I didn't see anything official on that, but we can, we can monitor it. But um, we did have a question, and uh, this came up. Uh, what is Max Gibbs's status? So the the big offensive lineman who was defensive lineman before, really popular on the team. Um, I mentioned this on the Harvey Hyde show recorded yesterday, but one of those things where it kind of got word that there were some potential issues there. He wasn't listed on the roster for the salute to Troy, so that's not a good sign. Um, so we don't have anything official right now, but the fact that he was on the roster in the spring and he's no longer on the roster when they have the updated roster uh, not, not, not pointing, uh, not a good sign. So, um, can't you know, say everything that we've heard, but, you know, hopefully 
you know, we'll, hopefully things work out. But uh, as of right now, like I wouldn't be uh, betting that Max Gibbs is going to be on the roster, which, you know, they're, they're thin on the offensive line. He could have been a, a key backup at times. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, he's a big, big boy, really nice. I mean, everyone, he's one of the more popular fam, guys on the yeah, team, fam, right? Definite fan favorite and someone everyone was rooting for just because of his story and sort of obviously came in really, really big, moved over defensive line, became, you know, a interim defensive lineman. They loved him over there, moved back to the offensive line, lost a lot of weight this offseason under Benny Wiley. I think about close to 50 pounds, something like that. Okay. I think he was down to 360. Probably want to get him more into that 310, 320 range. And he was taking the steps. You saw the development. Like I, I mentioned this offseason or this spring, he looks a lot different. He looks a lot more or slim. He was moving so much better, you know, when you drop like 40 to 50 pounds. Like, I'm not surprised you're moving much better. And he was already athletic enough with that a large amount of weight on him. So just shedding him down was just – you were just seeing the steps taking to that high ceiling that he had, you know, as that body. There's a reason why schools like Alabama had offered him and SEC schools because this is an SEC guy, SEC body type guy, and get them in their weight program, super strong – has some sneaky athleticism. He could have been a, a really good player. Obviously, is there a chance he comes back to USC or is on the roster in the future? Yeah. Sure. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case for this season, so we'll have to keep monitoring that. But it is a huge blow to that already thin USC depth. He was operating as that second-team guard uh, for most of spring, and he was probably going to compete there with Cooper Lovelace, who you know has experience at the JUCO level. A little raw as well, but they were probably going to be competing along with Gino Quinones for those backup guard spots. And now it seems like Lovelace has a much clearer path to being the backup at 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 the guard spot. Probably Jonah Monheim will work there as well uh, if he doesn't win out that right tackle spot. Whatever happens with Haskins and Cortland Ford, but this is you know a really big blow. I know he hasn't played a lot, but that depth just got a lot worse, a yeah. lot a lot shallower. So. That's you know it's something that probably needs to be addressed, or you're kind of rolling a dice, rolling the dice going into the season down another offensive guard. Yeah, um, so we'll keep you posted whenever we hear uh, there. I don't know if you heard much about this, but uh, so I mean we we talked about the like the stay doubted you know USC's NIL program and Lincoln Riley actually was you know the Boulevard he gave like the email address out at the Salute to Troy like hey you want to contribute it's not a collective but it's a way for fans to kind of contribute to this NIL fund at USC with some subscriptions or whatever they're going to do. And uh, that money can go to student athletes through NIL deals. USC's not doing like the collective thing. They're, they're staying out of the paying prospects to come to the school, but they really want to focus on the prospects that are in school, you know, getting them uh, compensation and, and, and deals and things. And uh, you know, one of the prospects, the, the highest, you know, one of the highest profile prospects on USC's 2023 class, a five-star uh, quarterback, Malachi Nelson, signed an NIL deal. I think Pete Thamel might have reported this one mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. with Hwood Group. It's probably, is that probably like a Hollywood group kind of thing. Uh, I haven't looked into much about it. I just saw this earlier today. I don't know if you saw anything, but there, this is going to be along the lines of like, you know, Caleb Williams is signing deals with like Beats and, and big companies. That's kind of what USC is going to utilize because they're in Los Angeles. You're going to get like, real like what the official what they thought nil was supposed to be that's kind of the way usc is going with this but any thoughts on nelson's deal i saw it was barbecue 
I think so. I, that was like the first, it was like Slab something, Slab City or something. So it was like a barbecue deal or he's like the sponsor of a, a barbecue chain or something like that. That's what I saw. I don't know like the deeper picture of it as you were talking about, but that's what I saw on Twitter before yeah. we went on. But that seems like a deal for an offensive lineman. Yeah. But Hwood, there was Hwood Group. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll look at it. But I think that's where, if you're like, how's USC doing the NIL stuff? Like there's going to be... Whatever program you're at, like I've said this a, a bunch of times before, if you're going to be like a star on USC, there's going to be a lot of availability because you're in Los Angeles. There's stars. It's more about brand. Yeah, there's like brands there where if you're the backup offensive guard, nobody in Los Angeles is going to know who you are outside of the people that watch the show or, you know, that are on our website. Um, where if you're in like Lincoln, Nebraska and you're the backup guard, like people probably like that's your life, right? So everyone, you could probably get a deal from a local car dealership because they hope that you're going to be the starter next year um, where the whole, you know, area revolves around the football program. That's not what's going to be in Los Angeles, but you do have access to super high level stuff. Now, Caleb Williams is a big star. He was on um, Good Morning America, but he's probably not in the top 20 as far as like, sports superstars in the city, which is crazy where he would be the number one thing in the state of Nebraska or, uh, you know, the state of Louisiana or well, maybe not Louisiana cause they got the, the saints, but you're talking like if, if it's like a college, you know, in Oklahoma, he would be the biggest thing or was the biggest thing because there aren't the professional sports teams. Um, LA is different, but there are going to be some great opportunities for brand, big brands and things like that. Um, so this was just sort of another one where, USC is not funneling money to some collective to get Malachi Nelson to come. It's more about, hey, you're going to five-star quarterback. There's these great things available to you because you're in Los Angeles. So that's sort of like the theme I would get, like the takeaway I would get out of that, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but NIL as a whole sometimes also doesn't make sense. It's a thousand percent. Yeah. So thank you for making sense. I try to make some sense out of it. Um, Liam Douglas. You remember him, former I do. USC offensive lineman, tweeted out this morning. So he's officially signed. There was, I think, whether there was talk, right, that he was going to UCLA. Um, Tim Drevdo, the former USC offensive line coach, is over at UCLA. And they tweeted out a picture. So he goes from cardinal and gold to blue and gold. So good for him. I mean, you want anyone that goes to the transfer portal, you want to see him land, um, you know, in, in, a, in a good spot. And he'll get to play against USC. So. That'll be an interesting one. I believe his former head coach, who at uh, Harvard Westlake, is that Harvard Westlake? Uh, I think that's what it was. Yeah, he was a like director of player personnel for Chip Kelly when Chip Kelly was hired at UCLA, um, and then he left that Harvard Westlake job to work for Chip Kelly. And then I think he was an All American. Actually, he played the UCLA coach in All American recruiter. Oh, okay, so you guys, you guys are in the All American. Multiverse, uh, we're together. You're, you're we're, in the cinematic universe for that. I'll, I'll uh, see him at the Christmas party. You know, I think <laughs> Scott Ruggles, I believe, is his name. But he was like the director of player personnel uh, for uh, Chip Kelly. I believe he left the program. So, but he still has connections there, obviously. So that was probably like that was the kind of connection with Liam and well, uh, Tim Drevno, right? Like, oh yes, obviously. Tim yes. Drevno recruited. Sorry, I uh, I totally went over that. I was trying to go a little bit deeper. You were like super. I was deep. going like super deep. Or the coach that recruited him. It's like know. when we play this game where it's like connect this actor to this actor, and I go all through these levels to get there. But yeah. it's like, dude, they were in this movie together. They were right. in 101 Dalmatians together. Why did you go through 
inception to get there. Wait, I think I think Drevno did recruit him. I I, I don't remember which class. I but they, he definitely no. That was a, that was a Callaway. It was a Callaway recruit. That okay. was a Callaway. Uh, a golf joke. Right. Callaway special. Callaway special. What's the? Oh, Cal- oh, Callaway. Because isn't that a isn't that a golf brand? It's like a golf brand, a big golf brand, huge golf brand. If golf, if Callaway wants to sponsor me, yeah, Lee Trevino's not my dad, but they, uh, they don't need to know that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Lee Trevino story, quick one. Oh, uh, okay. Taylor Estes, you know, our, she's one of our colleagues. She works oh, yes, for the yes, Texas yes, yes, site. Yes, yes. Her dad uh, is Lee Trevino. No, <laughs> okay. Her dad actually played for the uh, world champion Mets from like the '68 or '69 team or something. So. I saw her post some stuff on social media, but she also had some story like where they were at some event and Lee Trevino's there at this golf event or whatever. And like asked someone to come up and like hit a ball just randomly. And like, she, she's like, I'll do it. Comes up, you know, pretty blonde, you know, just had like heels on or something like grabs a club and like ropes drive, like in front of Lee Trevino. And he was just like, Amazed. So uh, there's a Lee Trevino connection between two four seven. You know, so maybe we, maybe we you're go. a long lost relative. Let's get know. let's get Lee on this podcast. He apparently he told stories where like when he was a kid he used to like hustle kids for money. He would play golf with like a Coke bottle or something and just like classic classic Trevino. That sounds like a, it's like a classic your, Trevino. Hmm. Um, I've got you know you mentioned the All American thing. I'm getting like probably a text every three days of people like seeing me on the All American. Like so is it. I guess it was. It's on Netflix now, so people it is. are watching. I it. haven't started yet. I'm. I'm so excited. Not Wait, really. Are, didn't you already watch it? No, I haven't. I I watched some episodes here. Okay. When I'm working on the podcast, here they're can. just on on YouTube TV. On but YouTube, yeah, right over here. And I'll just have them on. Uh, so I ha- and you did show me the episode. Um, yes. But I haven't watched the full season on Netflix, so I'm excited. I'm not excited. I hate that show. I hate watch it more than anything because it gets everything wrong. But it's just something to have when I work. So. I haven't st- I haven't dipped into that yet. Okay, um, yeah, that was fun. Anyway, I'm getting a bunch of texts about that. It's kind of funny. We should just make this an all American podcast. Yeah. Uh, one last thing: USC got a new uh, chairman of the board of trustees. So Rick Caruso is running for LA mayor. So Suzanne Nora Johnson, who I think she was with Goldman Sachs forever, like CEO there or something, or chairman there, and a uh, bunch of different boards. She's been on the. USC Board of Trustees since 1998, I believe. First female uh, Board of Trustees member. And so new leadership with the Board of Trustees. The scuttlebutt we've been hearing has, has been positive. Uh, I don't know how involved they are on the football program. Everyone cares. But just want to pass that along. Some, some other news uh, on the uh, USC leadership front. Any thoughts you there? You should be on the board. Yeah, duh. I mean, I should be at a lot of things there. Come on. Have you ever been on a board? You give like big board energy. I would be good on a board. <laughs> uh like for my 25th reunion, I was like the yeah. uh the outreach chair, like I don't know, like a board of a company. No, no I've I, not I done want that. I want you to be like a No, I want you to be the board of directors. I should. Yeah. You have who, who needs you have you have big board of directors energy, but like mm. you also like would probably be the party guy on the board and would, it would like, get you in trouble. Yeah. You would take the whole board out fishing. Yes. Everyone would get drunk and sick, seasick, and they would miss the big vote <laughs> the, the next day, and it would ruin the company. And I wouldn't miss it, so I would I would, right. be, the, I would be the sole voter then. I could right. just like pick what I wanted. Right. That would be strategic. Strategery. Yeah. I used to be smart. Like I, was in, <laughs> I have a master's in engineering, you know. 
So like, I do have some brains back there somewhere, but now I do this. So what are you going to do? Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 I was smart. Insult to uh, media <laughs> journalists everywhere. I'm the, <laughs> well, I'm the, I mean, I'm just For saying, shame. Like, I never studied this. And for I, shame. I, I'm pretty good at it. For shame. We're like, it'd be hard for a journalist to just drop into engineering. It's just, it Look, doesn't work. The main way. point of your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Great, there's a uh, the first woman board of tr- trustees member. I don't know nothing about board of trustees, but I don't really either. <laughs> we'll see. You know, Caruso helped bring Lincoln Riley, so it's a tough act to follow as the head of a, a board. But whatever, it's going to be fine. Apparently, like the LA mayor race, I'm not in politics. I don't care what you guys vote for, whatever. If you're LA people, but like Rick Caruso and then Karen Bass, I believe, is the kind of the main two people. But I guess they both went to USC, so they're both USC oh. grads. So really? probably a Trojan, it looks like, is going to be running the city of L.A. Well, there you go. Yeah. Fight on. Different. Yeah. Uh, I think different political. Well, I guess they're both Democrats, but whatever. I don't know. Uh, a slippery slope. Slippery slope. Just change it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and do some questions. Back in a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are doing this live on uh, YouTube slash Inside Troy. So that's our YouTube channel. So we're going to take some questions that you guys posted. But we did have one question. I, have, I don't use this drop a lot, but I love it. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. Nice. Love me the Simpsons. Um, we got a question from Mark. He emailed in this week. He says, here's a fun discussion questions for you to put your money or maybe reputations on the line. He wanted like Gerard and, and Shotgun on this. So if you want to use this for the two star, you want to run it by Gerard, we can do that too. Um, so the current over under for the Trojans is nine and a half wins. I think that seems about right. We've just completed the Rice game and the results are in. Offense, rushing yards gained 200. And 400 passing yards gained. So over 600 yards of offense against uh, Rice Owls. Defense allowed less than 100 yards rushing. Uh, The team overall had less than five penalties. Each of you has a $100 Trader Joe's gift card to bet. Do you take over and wins or do you bet the under post the hypothetical Rice game results? Mm, I love this question, Mark. Um... And, you know, you might want to run this by Gerard, too, because he's probably a little less optimistic than other ones. Uh, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first, Chris? I would like to go first. You go first. So I would probably bet the over. Okay. Um, but I would also like to uh, point out that I wouldn't want to place all that off the results of the Rice game because... USC is probably going to beat the crap. Sorry, I don't know why I'm burping. Beat the crap out of Rice. And yes. that would just obviously 
inflate everyone's hype. Because if that happens, like that score and that results, everyone's going to be talking about USC as a playoff contender after that. You know that's what's going to happen. You know that every West Coast media talk show is going to do that. We're going to get so many radio requests to go on the show and talk about the start of the Lincoln Riley area and just yes. beating the crap out of Rice. And ESPN is going to talk about it incessantly. And ESPN is going to do stories on it. And that hype is only going to build. And I don't want to get caught up in that. But I think I would still bet the – I think I would bet the over going into that Rice game. And I would feel pretty good about my bet after those results. But that wouldn't be the first test for me. I think the first test would have to be Stanford, right? Just because yeah. it is a Pac-12 team. On the road, I think that's the first. If that result held up against Stanford or that, that similar results against Stanford, I think that would probably make me double down on that. Wow. Um, but I would want to get caught up against a crappy Rice team like that. So going into that se- into the season, I would probably bet the over. Even though I'm a little worried about offensive line depth, I would still probably do that. Okay. Um, I think – I my gut is just going into the season as of right now, like nine and three is pretty, you know. I so I would nine and three would be my prediction. So I would probably take the under. Okay, but go like if that's the numbers. Now we've seen like talented USC teams struggle in openers like Western Michigan or whoever you know um, San Jose State maybe like we've had some struggling. We've seen some struggles in openers. I don't. Rice is pretty terrible. All right. So, but I think it would be a good enough sign that, you know, the offense is what we think it can be. The defense is actually going to play better, even though it's lower competition. Um, we've seen this team with more talented than other teams and in, in openers against mediocre to bad opponents. And win struggle. by 10. Yes. Um, come back at the end. I think that would give me enough, like, because I'd be on the edge of like I think ten and two, you know, could be very possible. But you can't lose. You, know, you don't want to lose one of those weird games where you're just like, yeah, you give up, you know, three hundred fifty yards rushing yards to Oregon State on the road or something. If they held Rice to under hundred yards rushing, that'd probably be the the key stat for me. Um, I think I would be willing to tip the scales and take the over if they look that good against a crappy team. Knowing it's a crappy team. No, it doesn't mean much, but knowing in the past that they, they played pretty poorly against crappy teams, that would give me enough optimism. Like, okay, this team's got it together. They're gelling and they're going to play well. They'll probably still lose a couple games, maybe a game that they, they shouldn't. Maybe they beat a Utah on the road and lose to Oregon State on the road. Like, who knows? Um, Utah on the road also. But yeah, I, I would give me enough confidence. I think I would take the the over. So that that would that would be enough. Like, I, I'm under, you're, you're over anyway. I would be under nine and three. I think nine and three is, you know, right on. But that looking that good, I, I'll go with the over. And it would give the team just a lot of confidence. Yeah. Moving forward, going to that Stanford game. And, yeah. And just a nice little springboard to the season. So, again, and I think Stanford's uh, going to be terrible. So, but, sure. But, but it's still lost but it's, to a terrible but it, Stanford team. Right, right. Year. And it's still a Pac 12 game, Pac 12 opener on the road. So it's, you know. Right. People want to see what that looks like. But if you did know that after Stanford, it, the one thing you would know is I still think Stanford's going to be garbage. Like they were three and nine last year, but they beat Oregon and they beat USC. Um, if you just go pummel them on the road, I think that sort of just shows you like. Like if you pummel back to back weeks, like without missing a beat, it's like. Yeah. Even okay. though I think both teams are bad. 
but that just sure. is a good sign. But it's still like USC's lost you, to the bad teams. You before. need to pummel the bad teams, is what. Yeah. And it looks, and again, just more hype. Those are like the 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 wins you need for like a playoff resume. You know, you need to be right. beating the crap out of these teams. So that would only just add to it. Yeah. Um, why don't we? Here, I want to check this real quick. I oh, have a DM gonna... question. Just don't. Oh. Just remind me to get to it. Do you want? We can do it now if you want. No, no, you're in the middle of something. Oh, okay. Um, I was just checking to see. I didn't see how many people we had uh, ten. watching live. No, we have like... At least 10. Over like 225 people Oh, my goodness. Live. What are you people doing? It's 10.30 in the morning. We just did it like literally went live. You like all should be fired five from wherever you're... You all <laughs> should be you fired. for everyone no. that's watching this live. Go. Go do spreadsheets or something. <laughs> in the middle of workday on a Tuesday, we got all, in, in June... I mean, that's amazing. Thank you guys so much for that. I just wanted, I didn't look and see, but I'm like, oh, we're getting a lot of questions. There must be a bunch of people you watching. You either all work from home or you're all unemployed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which Do one. not insult our, the people that are Ah, they don't them. care. They they insult me right back. <laughs> they do. Oh, my God. Chris, <laughs> I get emails, Chris. About I hate you. it. I hate it here. It's pretty funny. Okay. Uh, here's a question from CJ Gatewood. What's the vibe on Anthony Hill? What's the vibe? Well, if you listened to the Two Star Podcast, Two Star Composite, Two Star Compute, uh, I can't even talk, Two Star Composite, uh, we talked about how going into this week that Anthony Hill was sort of in the category of this is a guy who's interested in USC, yes, but it's a traction visit because he's not in sort of like USC isn't really like in his top two, you know, being like a Texas A&M or a Georgia or a Texas USC sort of on the outside, and this is sort of a traction visit. You want to get him on campus, open the doors, show him what USC is about. This is a visit where USC can move up in his mind, and you can sort of show him what California is and what USC is in terms of California, and just move up a little bit. This isn't like this wasn't a visit where you were going to seal it up with Anthony Hill. Uh, this is a visit for you to move a little bit forward. I keep saying that, but that's what it was because if you look at it like it was like Texas A&M, Texas, Georgia, whatever, and then USC was sort of in this two to three tier, they just wanted to move up a little bit. They wanted to stay in his mind in this process. And maybe if you go on and have, you know, an 11 win season, that's when you can sort of come back to him and be like, hey, you took that official visit. You had a great time. Look at us now. You can, you can, uh, you can sell that moving forward. So it's about keeping USC in his mind even when other schools are leading and sort of opening the doors and showing him what USC has to offer. And I, I tweeted it out. I don't know if any a lot of people saw it, but I tweeted, you know, the comments on his Instagram when he posted that that those photos of him on his visit and sort of Caleb Williams was recruiting him like, hey, come change things with me and, you know, Zach Branch and uh, Damani Jackson. So they were recruiting him in those comments and probably, uh, you know, not publicly as well in the in the DMs and in Twitter. So I think they they made an impression, but I still think they need a lot more to do to move up to get a, a guy of that caliber in terms of, you know, number one linebacker. I would say Tackett Curtis is still sort of the number one guy on their board just because not only is he, is he super talented, but he's attainable you know yeah. it's not like you're gonna lose you don't want to lose out on Tackett because you go and chase Anthony Hill who's you know an AM lean you know so I think they 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 did they impressed him they moved up a little bit but 
there's, there's still work to be done with Anthony Hill. Okay. Uh, let's see. We got one from Roy. What's up, uh, Roy? It says, with all the new players on the USC team, has there been any more discussion on putting names on the jerseys? It would help us viewers watching the game. This, is a, this must be a troll question because... There's Roy, a lot of discussion Roy, Roy, in the, ch- the chat. Roy, right Roy knows what he's doing, and you know that 99.9% of the people would hate that. Yeah. You know I, that, right? I don't know about 99%, um, percent, but like... A What's lot. The percentage like, it's a, I'm not like, I mean, I like tradition in general, but I'm, I'm cool with like updating things, but that's one of those things where I like the no names on the Jersey. Like it, it, does it really help if you're watching the TV broadcast to, you know, it's hard to see all that stuff anyway. Um, but I, I like the no names thing. So, and I, I think a lot of USC fans probably feel the same way, but give me the percentage. Know. Uh, you don't like my 99.9. That's a lot. Um, I, I would probably say it's like in the high 80s. Like that, if you talk to USC fans on the P, if we, if we put a poll on the P, do you want to put names on the jerseys? Uh, I would, I'll put a poll right now on my Twitter. All right, do that. You want to do that? I'm doing it right now. Um, Don't talk to me anymore. I'm focusing. Okay, hold on. I got to pull up another question here. Uh, let's see. I'm going to put this one up. Um, my apologies. Uh, from Drew, talk about the stay doubted uh, and its role in recruiting. So that's supposed to kick off um, this summer. So we should know a little bit more when this kind of officially gets rolling. So this is the third-party company that's going to handle a lot of the NIL stuff uh, for USC. And um, Spencer Harris is, uh, you know, what was he? He was the director of ops or recruiting. He was one of the, one of the guys on the recruiting team. He's moved over, and he's going to be part of this Boulevard LLC, Stay Doubted kind of thing. Um, stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more information on that. We should have a show uh, that's going to talk to some of the people over there. Just a little preview of that. Uh, so we will get more on this and kind of get more details of what's going on. So if you're interested in that, yeah. But I think it's going to be, I mean, from the way they're selling it, and, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Sosna tweeted this out, like really talking about being a game changer, and that it's a very unique they're taking a unique approach to NIL. Um, like it's not the collective. There's still an opportunity for fans to contribute through these subscriptions and memberships. And, you know, a guy like Brandon who grew up on message boards like ours, uh, you know, going to Cincinnati, he knows that he knows that there are fans that are, there's the, the hundred dollar donors out there that would be willing to, you know, they pay 10 bucks a month to get access sites like uscfootball.com. Hey, maybe you'll put ten bucks a month down to to help NIL deals for players and stuff too. So I'm that's probably where some of that's coming from. You know, Brandon kind of thinks that way, um, and I like it. I think it's cool. Um, so we don't know all the details yet, but I think it's going to help recruit. The way they're selling it is it's a game changer. It's a difference maker. So um, we'll have to see. What did what did you find out, Chris? About what? I'm making uh, oh, a you're poll. Putting, oh, you're doing a poll. Okay, yeah. Um, we have. I one. told you. I'm focused on You're focused. So, okay. This is... uh, If you got another question. From Weed Juggernaut Entertainment, LLC. Did you say Weed Juggernaut? We. We. Um, Tell me who has seen Lincoln Riley's playbook in the pack. Um, Oregon? There was some discussion there. Yeah, Oregon got to see it. (laughs) True. Uh, A lot of those players. To be fair, he wasn't leading that team, but... Wait. Uh, Yes? No, No, he was out for the bowl game. Yes, okay, yes. 
Right. Sorry, I was like, uh, yeah. Um, who who's the, the 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 Big Twelve transfers? Uh, any any of those guys in the pack? Anyone that transferred from the Big Twelve? You would see, but there, I, there's been some discussion about that. Um, I don't know if it's just about the playbook, as more just about it's going to be a competent offense. It's going to be not super simple. And I wasn't, you know, opposed to having like a simplistic offense, like what you saw with with Graham Harrell. I, I think you have, there's a balance. You can't have it so complicated that players. I've we've seen those in the past where NFL guys come in and it's just super complicated and it's not really, it's not, it's not hurt. It's hurting your team more than the defense. Like it's super complicated for your team. So they can't really execute it the way you'd want to. And it's not like, you know, you're not baffling the opponent. Um, for Lincoln Riley, I think it's a good mix where there's a fairly high level of complexity to it, but it's learnable and it's, you're able to execute it with the athletes that you have and you can put a lot of pressure on opposing defenses. So I don't know if it's like the playbook playbook specifically, if not seeing it is the big deal. Um, just really being, you got really good athletes, you got a very competent offense. And even if they've, if they've seen it a few times, it's going to be hard to stop. I would say it's more on that, more on that line. Uh, let me see what else we got. Sorry. I got to look. Um, Chris, you got to say something because we got. I got to look for some questions here. Real quick. Yeah, can I do my DM question? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just exited oh. out. I hope this doesn't screw my poll. Uh, Oops. How many linebackers in twenty twenty three? In the twenty twenty three class, is USC going to end up with? This is from my guy Giovanni. Giovanni, what do you what do you think? Twelve? Yes. No. <laughs> I, the, this is an interesting question, just because USC successfully brought in not one but two young linebackers in the transfer portal and Eric Gentry and Carson Tabarucci so that helps fill you know sort of the linebacker holes that you were probably going to need to address in this 2023 class but I would say at least two I could see them signing three linebackers especially if you know you have some uh, transfers in the middle of the season so I would be comfortable saying in that two to three range. Um, and I'm sort of categorizing inside linebackers only, not really factoring in uh, edge rushers or what have you. So okay. I would say I would say two to three, at least two, at least two. Okay. Uh, that makes sense to me. One thing I forgot. Um, let me uh, pull this one up. I forgot to talk about it. And thanks for the reminder. Uh, from the Wheeler Dealer, let's discuss the number three jersey controversy. I even part- yeah, I was like, we didn't we didn't really talk about this. Talk about it. Um, here, let me put up a photo. Uh, this is Carson Palmer and Jordan Addison. Of course, the Carson Palmer number three has been retired because he won the Heisman Trophy, and USC, you know, announced at Detroit that he was going to wear. I think Keely, your tweeted out first. Uh, picture of uh, Jordan Addison wearing the number three jersey. And real quick, uh, Carson Palmer, they put this graphic out. So they quoted Carson Palmer as saying, he promised to work his tail off and represent all that it means to be a Trojan and that he'd be incredibly humbled to wear the number three. And it was funny. um, I interviewed Darnell Bing a couple weeks ago. And uh, talked to Harvey Hyde on Monday's show. And I talked to Darnell Bing about 
hey, you asked Mike Garrett to wear number 20. What do you think about Jordan Addison asking Carson Palmer? And Bing sort of was like standoffish. He sort of was like backing off. He's like, uh, um, you know, I didn't, he didn't really want to, uh, like kind of go there, I guess you could say. And part of it was he felt kind of guilty. He didn't realize the tradition and all that when he asked for him that, you know, he talked about that in the interview. If you want to go check it out. When he asked? When he asked to wear the number 20. So I think he felt weird. Like he did it, but he was like, oh, I didn't realize how big this was. Like I probably shouldn't have done that. I think it was sort of like, but, um, it was funny. So coach Harvey Hyde knows Mike Garrett pretty well and gave him a call and said, so he talked to Mike Garrett about it. He, when he heard my show, he called Mike Garrett and said, Hey, what's up? So Mike Garrett, according to what coach Hyde said, called Pete Carroll and said, Hey, how good of a player is he? And Pete Carroll's like, he's really good. And then, uh, Mike Garrett's like, of course he can wear it. So there were, you know, it, I guess if you're a good player, that the, the players don't seem to mind. You know, Mike Garrett allowed uh, Darnell Bing. Well, yeah. And Carson, if you suck, <laughs> if, you, if you were like the walk-on, you know, punter, like no, you can't wear number twenty. Um, if you won the Belichick Award last year, like this isn't even a, you know, Darnell Bing was a highly rated prospect. You know, this is a proven college player that won a national award, you know, major award. Um, so I have no, I don't feel like it's a controversy. I have no issues. Wearing the jersey for a year. Um, there are some people that don't like it. There are people who don't like it. Uh, I am not one of them. Where Where do you sit on that, Chris? I'm all for it. I yeah. mean, I know one of the arguments is like, if the number is retired, it should stay retired. But things come out of retirement all the time. Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Four Loco came out of uh, retirement. Now it sucks. Um, but they're is three things that I I look at when we're talking about this number three thing. Number one, Jordan Addison is a really, really, really good player. Yeah. He is Blitnikoff winner. He is a two-time All-American freshman and first team. He is a projected first-round pick. So he has the resume is my main point. He has a pretty good resume. Number two, this number obviously means something to him. This is a number he wore at Pittsburgh. And he wore in high school. So there's a significance to the number three for him. Um, so I think he he understands that this is an important number to one Carson and is an important number to him. So I think that that sort of elevates how how much he wants to wear this number and what he would because it represents him in some way. So the fact that he would love to continue his number three journey, uh, that says a lot. And I think the third point and the most important point is that Carson gave his blessing. That should be the end-all, be-all. If Carson gives his, if Carson Palmer gives his blessing, that's it. If he gives the blessing, you're wearing it. That, that's, what it that's what it takes. That's what it means. And, you know, it's not like he is some unproven freshman out of high school. I'd be a little bit more uh, wary of giving my blessing for, even though he's like, the number one rated prospect in the country or whatever, you know, five-star prospects don't work out all the time. Right. And that's not the case here because, as I mentioned with point number one, uh, Jordan Aston is proven. He is a proven uh, competitor and proven really, really good football player. I probably could have said that better, but whatever. You get the point. <laughs> the point is he hits, you know, sort of the three major points that you need to to rock a retired number or a number of such significance, 
with a college football program and USC's college football program. So if Carson says it's okay, it's okay with me. That That's how I feel about it. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. Um, for some reason, we stopped being my ability to put up comments kind of uh, stopped updating. So I don't have any new ones for you guys, but probably good. We just went over a little hour. We probably a good place to uh, stop it there, Chris, unless you saw anything else you wanted to jump in. But I did want to thank everyone for uh, watching live or listening uh, to our recorded version of the show, either on YouTube or our podcast feed over on uscfootball.com, wherever you're getting the show. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing these, and I think the video element uh, is a is cool, and I, I think people are, are getting into it now. Doing it live, too, is kind of fun. I know our friends over at 24-7 Sports, like their Cover 3 podcast, they do it live, and getting some of the live feedback is always fun, and you know, sometimes you breaking news will come through, and they'll like point it out in the chat room and everything. So, um, yeah, if you haven't watched it at all, you want to go to our YouTube channel, you can check it out there. Chris, any uh, final words before we sign off here? Go vote on my poll. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see. And I hope you guys don't get fired for watching this live Did, during I put the middle up, of a workday. I put up a few comments. Like one, someone was watching in Guam, so they're fine. Guam? Uh, we had a Guam. Shout out. Yeah. To, uh, to Guam. Chamaru? Chamaru? No? Okay. I don't know. I put up I put up some comments when you were talking about that. Uh Someone has three screens and they, you know, they're at work. They put it on the background, you know, whatever. But they, they were listening intently enough that they heard us say that. And then he commented. So they are like, what? Yeah. Um, perfect. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap things up there. Uh, that over there is Chris Trevino. I am Ryan Abraham and we are part of the USAfootball.com family. We welcome all of you into it. And thank you very much for being a part of it. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 